Hey you guys, so this is actually a part two of a two-part episode series, so check out the last one if you want to be up to date. Um, we talk about a lot of different things that don't really connect to the last one, so you don't necessarily need to, but we would love if you did because we like when people listen to our stuff. So go ahead and check it out if you want and enjoy the show. So since we're both going through the process of making um, albums, mixtapes, whatever we're doing at the moment, I'm making an album, you're making a mixtape. How's it been for you? One thing I noticed about myself just, you know, a long time ago, as far as making music, it's strange, but it's like, you know, you've got some artists, right? Like, I guess you could say like, you know, Lil Wayne. Well, Lil Wayne is a different breed of animal entirely. Right. But yeah. I, I, I say Lil Wayne... He's special in the sense that, like, you know, you always hear from people who've worked with him and even, you know, from his own religion. Like, mm-hmm. making music, like, making raps, like, his style, his brand of raps, like, he kind of just wakes up and he puts, you know, he just puts words together. And, yeah, he you just know, kind of punches in. He just, yeah, he just clocks in, punches in, punchlines. He's going to say pussy a couple times. It's going to be fire. He's going to use that <laughs> auto-tune a little bit too much, but it's still going to be a hit. Actually, okay, uh, look, in his defense, I thought Funeral had way too much auto-tune, right? I'm with you on that. But the Carter 5 Deluxe Edition, he reduced it. He barely had any on it, and it was really dope. So I really enjoyed that. I haven't listened to the Carter 5 Deluxe. I'm slacking. I'm lacking. Uh, I'm going to do that tomorrow. It's so worth it. It's like crazy. Go ahead. Because I, I, I actually like Carter 5 significantly more than Funeral. Yeah. So I'll, I'll definitely like the Deluxe. But, um, yeah, I, I kind of realized, you know, I'm not really that kind of artist. And then you even hear, like, you know how, like, Gucci Mane and Playboy Cardi, like, they'll go to the studio and just sit down and make, like, a hundred songs. Me and you both talked about that. Like, that just doesn't work for us, you know? Yeah. Just me, like, from a creative standpoint and, 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 and just, I don't know, I feel gassed once I get to, like, the third song in the city. So yeah. I, I've kind of, yeah, I've kind of realized even just like my voice getting tired, like two songs and then I'm done. So one thing I was going to say, though, like I, I went on that tangent to just really say that as far as making music goes, I realized that I wasn't really able to like just make music until I kind of sat down and fully formed, like I would almost say like the thesis statement of, of, of why I wanted to make. Oh, that's almost like as, Yeah, it's almost as if I was writing a paper. I had to come up with, you know, my outline, what I'm going to say in the intro, first paragraph, second paragraph, all that. And once I did that part, it just informed the creative direction for everything, for how I made the mask that, you know, kind of became the symbol of, of this era of music that's on, you know, my Twitter and Instagram. It informed um, some of the beats that I was looking for. So I was like, once I kind of set that end goal, this, this is how I make music. Once I kind of set that end goal, it was really just filling in the pieces to get there in every aspect of the creative journey. So, um, yeah, for anybody for anybody who doesn't know, um, Jay actually made this incredible mask and this incredible outfit for um, the entire Persona series and just the whole theme of it. If you guys want to check it out, check out JayFortuna305 on Instagram and Twitter. It's a really dope photo shoot. Please go check it out. I like it a lot. So, Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And those photos and questions were shot by 
my cousin, um, what's his name on IG? I'm just gonna say it, and then I'll probably <laughs> I'll, I'll correct it later on. But Samson saw it, shot it on IG. He is a dope South Florida photographer. This man does not miss with his photo photos. He just doesn't. But um, yeah. So I don't know. Did you want me to like mention like the writing process and stuff too? Like how I well, I wanted to ask. So yeah, when you okay. say outline, when, when you say outline and everything, so you you do the thesis, which is basically kind of the con- the base of the concept, right? Am I right in that? Yeah, you're right. Yep. And then, so when you say when you say you go, you do your outline like paragraph one, paragraph two. Like, do you do that track by track? Like, okay, this track I'm gonna say this, and then this track I'm gonna talk about this, or do you mean something else? Do you just mean so, like a general flow of topics you want to go through? A little bit of both, but. I, I really I did try to kind of sit down and fill in what tracks I wanted to to um write um with with this you know e- it's really an EP um with this EP persona I um it really started off as a poem which is a poem that I wrote that kind of like encapsulated my life to this point and when I read some of the stuff I mentioned in the poem, I was like, oh, wait a minute. These little individual blurbs in the poem kind of make sense if they were, like, expanded into the songs. So then, you know, from there, it was kind of like, oh, okay, here's a song where that kind of sets the scene. Here's a song that kind of says this, and, that, you know, it's reflected in this part of the poem. And here's a song that says this, da 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 and so on and so on until, in my mind, the song, until the poem is fully represented, in, in a in a song form so that that um with that part that's how i did that so yeah that that's really how i did that so it, it kind of was um a literal okay this song is gonna go here this song is gonna go here type deal that's super dope yeah with me um i i too well here's the thing is that um i had a bunch of verses laying around and some of them acapella some of them written to different beats and I was just like, yo, like I have all these other concept stuff. Like I have concepts I started that I've been waiting on other people to do and stuff. I need something just with me because I can't afford to keep waiting on people like the person who didn't give us the beats, like the people who don't never get us verses. I need something for myself. So when That's I went, the realest thing ever, bro. That part yeah, right there. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what I started doing was I started with some verses and, um, I kind of thought of the concept of, you know, sandwich shop. Um, I'm very competitive and I like to battle. And a lot of people weren't battling with me whenever I would start stuff. And maybe, you know, I heard I heard some behind the scenes stuff where like some people were offended by when I would try and start battle because they thought that I was trying to do something else. Even when I tried to clarify, it's like, yo, it's all for sport. Kind of like Drake, the Drake reaction to the control verse and everything. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to battle everybody on a single album. But here's the catch. Whether they answer or not. I'm not going to say anybody's name. So if you respond, that just means that like you're you're with it. Like you're with it. And if you don't, then just ignore it because nobody else knows it's you. There's There's no social pressure to respond. And there's no like, if you want, you can call my phone or you could just respond in a record. And only the two of us would know, you know, maybe people don't want to be shown out on record because a lot of records are written to where they're, they sound like they're about, they're just general lines, but they sound like they could be about someone. So I think Drake Scorpion is the epitome of that. 
It's a lot of rap jargon, but it sounds like at times that it's towards someone specific. So I was like, I'm going to use that to the best of my ability to go ahead and or take that kind of same path where I don't say a name, but you know it's about somebody. And I'll go in a very like I go I I go a little more headstrong than Drake does because I go I I use real details I use very specific stuff but specific stuff that only I would know I talk about how I was beefing with a Navy guy nobody knows that I know somebody in the Navy like because we don't have that same friend group it was from one common link that doesn't share the same social circle at all uh and you you've you've heard most of the songs so you know which one i'm talking about that was uh that's collateral that's collateral on the album um and then let's see there's another guy that stole my identity that i that i diss um there's another guy let's see the rapper that i told you about that was getting arrested um and another dude that I recently got into it with and I'm not going to describe that situation you'll just have to listen to the song because it's going to be the first single off of Sandwich Shop um, you guys are going to enjoy that because I, re- I was really heated hey guys quick edit so that ended up not being the single only because I had someone that was supposed to be on the hook but they never got back to me kind of the reason why I even started doing Sandwich Shop by myself um, but yeah it's going to be released the 27th my birthday make sure you check in to check it out but yeah, you know, just like <laughs> situations like that. And that's kind of how Sandwich Shop came to be because it's a very dumb pun too because so Sandwich Shop, it sounds cool, right? It sounds dope. It sounds like, you know, it just sounds like Sandwich Shop, whatever. Um, but it's based off of a really dumb pun of I'm giving out subs. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's really that, it's like, and it's a, I know it's a, it's super a corny sense of comedy, but I thought it was funny and it, it fitted enough, so... And then I, I, after that, after I got all the tracks together, that's when I did the skits, which I, I, I believe I'm only going to put one skit on, but I might put more um, after re-listening. And then I, I formed a skit around it to make it seem a little more lively and kind of give a bit of an explainer without, you know, giving you an info dump and stuff like that. So kind of the reason why I made it. So stuff like that. That's that's kind of where how I formed Sandwich Shop. That's not my my formation for every album or project that I have in the in the tuck, which I have plenty. But that's how Sandwich Shop came to be. So I'm curious because you know Tone, I consider you to be you know in, in out of the people I know or even people I don't, just straight bars, straight lyric wise. Like I definitely think there's very few people who could match you. Thank so, you. I greatly appreciate that. No, it's the truth. When you guys hear some of the stuff that this man does on a mic, that's what I'm talking about. But um, I'm just curious. What is your writing like? You know, from when you're writing the raps, like the bars and whatnot. What is your writing style like? I'm all over the place. Um, <laughs> most of the time I try to. Every I used to. Okay, so I'll, I'll go from my transition to how I used to be to how I am now. I used to do stuff a cappella because I used to only care about bars. And then I learned that I had to write a beat. So I used to focus on the punches and make those first. And I still do that every once in a while, but I don't write full verses like that anymore. I'll write punches, I'll store them away and then use them for later, kind of in a similar way that Eminem says he does uh, when he freestyles or when he writes, he'll, he'll, he'll think of bars nonstop, he'll jot them down and then put them all together later uh, when he feels like writing. So. Uh, I do that every once in a while. I do that. And um, 
most often I listen to beats and I look for beats that are unique, that stand out to me. So the reason why I chose Jay Hershey for the product is because he's a nasty ass producer and he had this really dope boom bap style and he knew how to sample like a lot of people, a lot of other people don't know how to utilize samples as well as him. So I was like, yo, this stuff sounds dope. It's unique. I approached him. I said, hey, yo, um, how I want to do a project together. And he's like, I sell my beats for this much and I do it like this way. So I was like, bet I'll pick the beats. Um, and I will go ahead and I'll send you the money. So I send him the money. He sends me the waves and all that good stuff in the FLACs. And I, I know it's getting a little boring, but stick with me, I promise. So what I do is <laughs> I, before I even buy the beats, though, I make sure that I write to them because I was able to, I had the privilege of hearing them first, of course, and I make sure that I write to them and I make sure that I literally form the project, the core of the project, all the songs before I even buy the beats. I don't know if other people just buy beats first, but I always write first and then I structure everything. And then I'm like, all right, I'm ready. Time to go shopping. Now that's with Jay Hershey. I only did it that way because I knew that other people probably weren't going to buy the exclusive rights anytime soon because he is a smaller producer and not to discredit the man in any way. I've already said he has enormous talent and he's done very well. He's doing very well. Um, he makes, I'm sure he makes plenty of money off of this music, but he is a little more low key. So I was like, okay, I don't need to buy the exclusives right away. Um, with stuff that I find on the internet and YouTube, I write a little bit to it. I'll take like probably an hour or two to write something instead of a couple days like I did with Hershey and I buy it immediately. So I was like, okay, I got it this far. I know I'm going to use it at some point. Let me cop. I don't know. Did I answer your question? <laughs> no, you, you did. You did. I, you know, I'm taking notes. I'm trying to be like Tom. <laughs> don't be crazy on the mic bro y'all y'all just don't know <laughs> i appreciate so it yeah i mean I, I just love rapping like it's really and i think you know, i really am a nerd when it comes to it i feel less shame about it because i hear people like lil wayne and stuff in interviews like he literally thinks down to the same point i do where and i'm not comparing myself to wayne just saying that i try to have the same attention to detail that he'll sit, he'll think of whether he should say of or thereof or whatever like word choice that on that small of a level is very important so you, you always try to kind of write your song almost before you have the beat right yeah for the most part so i like i listen to the beat and for the most of the time i'll try and start writing the song there even if i'm i know i'm probably going to rewrite it later i want to know that i at least will have some kind of concept or be able to do something on the beat because there's some beats that i just can't write like in all honesty like i'm not i i don't care to train for those beats or like i and i haven't trained enough like I, i'm not going to say i can't write them or like i feel like i would have to be disingenuous in order to achieve the kind of flow that i would want to Fire, fire, okay. Yeah, so like I was, we talked about this before. Like I mentioned, um, I texted you, uh, uh, I sent you a voice message where I was like, um, the part of the reason, as an example, part of the reason that I don't necessarily pursue trap as much and the hardcore trap that I really want to do, like that, you know, that crank stuff, that aggressively aggressive stuff, is because I felt as though I'd be a culture vulture or I would be a almost you know gentrifying it in a way because i didn't necessarily grow up in that lifestyle and i feel like if i were to change the content it would kind of be corny because that's not the culture of it already you know what i mean i so see what like, you're saying I, I i slightly disagree but i understand why you think that for sure 
Oh, I completely understand. And mind you, I don't hold anybody else like for anybody else that does it because I have friends who are able to do it successfully. I just don't feel comfortable doing it personally, and I don't judge them for doing it. Like you know, you know what I mean. So it's like, and it's you know, there's certain beats that I just you know won't ride like that or genres like that because I didn't grow up. I didn't grow up selling crack. I didn't grow. I didn't grow up having to fight every day. I didn't grow up doing certain things. I grew up rough, but it wasn't the same level as these guys. I didn't have to carry a stick all day every day. I didn't have to witness shootings. I witnessed shootings, but they weren't as often as these guys. Like these guys had friends that were dying every summer. I didn't have that. So, I'm, and when I when I say that kind of music, I'm talking like the Twenty One Savages, Young Row that I mentioned earlier, like stuff like that. I love that kind of music, and I would love to make that kind of music. But for me to invest myself in it. I feel like I would have to be disingenuous. So I see what you're saying. So, like, especially like on the content side of that, for sure, I, I, I definitely agree because it's like, you know, you would be entering a genre, well, a subgenre or a genre that you haven't lived in. So I, I know what you mean in that sense. Yeah. I, I definitely get that. Yeah, because with these genres, there's already an established culture, and even if some artists are faking it, you know, I, I'd rather not. <laughs> I got you. What about you? Are there any genres that you won't touch because you feel like you can't really connect to it like that? Or you haven't lived the same lifestyle that's expected of people who are in that genre? Not even in life for me. I I, I just have a different sort of, I understand it, but I kind of have a different feel or 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 mindset concerning that. I, I, I guess the first thing I'd say is like, I kind of noticed something about myself. So it's like, you know, maybe me, I'll have a particular beat or a particular whatever that I want to make this make a particular song on, and I might yeah. sometimes be stuck, be stuck, be stuck, and it won't be until I listen or try it on maybe a beat that somebody shows me or one that I wasn't too keen on before, and all of a sudden the song flows. So what I kind of noticed about myself in that sense is like, as far as the music goes, as far as the creating part goes. I don't ever want to force it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't ever I don't ever want to force it. I want to let what happens happens. And that even that even really does does affect like even how I do work or business with people. Like I have a couple folks who I have doing song uh, covers and stuff for me and a couple folks who are like doing um making beats for me. And one thing that I always do like I'll tell them generally what I want. But besides that, I don't want to tell them anything else because I don't want to color. I don't want them to be in a position where they feel like they're they're making that piece of art to please me. Yeah. Where I, and honestly, I want them to make whatever. Like if I let them hear the song, I want them to make whatever that song communicates to them because I think that's authentic and that's mm-hmm. you know interesting. So yeah. then going on to to certain beats, you know, I've had that feeling sometimes where it's like oh man i really want to make a song like this but this isn't really exactly your lane Mm -hmm. but even with that i feel like that's kind of like a a mental thing so i've I've been trying to get away from that like honestly i'll make i'll try to make any type of song i really will 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 it get released probably not <laughs> but there's, there's probably actually a better idea than me i should probably try it before i knock it yeah but there'll, there'll probably be a couple rough iphone uh voice memos right. so you know i'll still i'll still try it and part of that for sure i, I definitely will say it comes from the artists who i've 
you know, stand and grown up listening to. So mm-hmm. first and foremost, you know, Tone knows, anybody who's been listening to this knows, Kanye is my favorite rapper and he's been that sort of musical chameleon his entire career to this point, you know? Yeah. When it comes to making stylistic changes, content-wise, genre-wise, it's not even a matter of if he's going to do it, it's a matter of when. Yeah. I also like, I like Travis Gambino, I like Donald, Donald Glover a lot, I, I, I prefer when he raps, but I'm a big fan of all the stuff that he's, he's done to this point. And those yeah. things have definitely colored the way I, I I make music and the way I feel about doing different things. I just, I really want to try everything. Musical. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of stuff like, you know, on songs I'll never finish. Um, that was my... Oh, yeah. That was my little experimental thing. And I, I wanted to push that more, but you didn't want to. It is what it is. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like a if you know, you know thing, because honestly, I'm kind of ashamed of it. Because I was no! like... No! Here's the thing. It's like, I'm like, it's kind of like, it's experimental, and I know that, and it's my first time experimenting, so I should be happy with what I did with it. But at the same time, there's this little nagging voice in the back of my head, like, you could do so much better. And I guess it's, you know, I've heard Big Sean talk about that, too. It's like, by the time you get to release something, you've gotten so much better, and sometimes you don't even feel like releasing it. So it's not just me being a hard ass on myself. I feel like a lot of artists apparently feel this. I mean, apparently a lot of artists do feel this because they talked about it in interviews and stuff. But um, right now, it's kind of a motivator for me to get something else out so I can prove myself on a, a fuller sure, level. Because, like, you know, you know that what it means because, like, you've seen my bars. Nobody else has seen my bars. Nobody else knows I can rap because I don't have a project out. Like, Sandwich Shop. You know, Sandwich yeah, Shop will be the intro. Exactly. Yeah. So I think um, me releasing, I'm not, I don't regret it by any means. I don't regret releasing it. But I do admit that it doesn't paint the full picture of me. And people might get the wrong idea of me because I released it first before anything where I borrow. But don't worry, that's going to change real quick between an AA Fest and everything like that and Sandwich Shop. It's going to be really dope. It's going to be fun. One thing that I will say, you know what? This is going to be songs I'll never. I'm a part of songs I'll never finish defense team because Tone is not on on that team. But I will say, for all its rough edges, for all its experimentalness, um, I would honestly say I've got to like place that in in a special echelon, a special tier of music that really, for me personally, listening like when I had that first listen through of it. Yeah. Even 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 from the little the little intro that you did on that song, like yeah. it really speaks to me. It's very few songs I I can say really like sort of speak to me in that sense. Like I would say there are moments on that album in terms of like how, how you were able to communicate emotion that remind me, for example, of like Runaway, like Kanye's song Runaway. Yeah. And I I just have to give it that much praise because that's really what it did for me when I first heard it. I really about, I'm like I'm I'm, I'm 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 sitting down in my bed. I'm like shit. This nigga making me tear up. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, I appreciate that, man. For anyone who wants to check it out, don't judge me because I tried to sing. I hadn't learned how to sing yet. I sing a little better now, but <laughs> it, it is um it is songs I'll never finish, and it's underneath Tino Ali. Um, One day we'll get songs I'll maybe finish. <laughs> right, like shit. Well, no, songs I'll never <laughs> Here's the thing is that I'm already working on songs I'll never finish too, but it's more focused on bars this time. 
Okay. So it's, okay. it's it's less so singing and rock stuff, and it's more so on lo-fi type beats and stuff like that. So I'm I'm definitely gonna push that out soon after Sandwich Shop, and then we got the record breaker. For anybody who doesn't know, it's a, it's a top secret. Um, that's gonna be really fun to do. But yeah, just stuff like that, you know. Just working on a whole lot of things, you know. We 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 working for real for real. Yeah, we're doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Um, Can't wait got, for AA Fest. AA Fest, that. yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, we haven't formally announced it. I, I gotta stop saying that. Goodness gracious. That's really, for anybody really who doesn't know. Tag. Yeah, that's really my time. Take a shot. Hey, guys, take a shot every time Tones <laughs> says for anybody who doesn't know. A new drinking game. Um, no, it's... I was about to say it again. AA Fest. <laughs> AA Fest is going to be a virtual festival and it's going to be the first virtual festival by an independent collective. And we haven't formally, this is an exclusive, we haven't formal, formally announced it yet, but it should be. Um, it's happening soon. soon. I'm not going to give the exact date. We have a planned date, but in case it messes up, um, as I as I realize, I've announced many dates that I've not been able to make, and a lot of my friends have too. So I've kind of learned to stop giving dates until it's like a month or a couple weeks out. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and like everything's also we, we we don't need the ops to hear all the steeds because I know they be listening to the podcast. Y'all yeah, exactly. want you to chill out. Yeah. So it's like because we've we've had our ideas stolen before, and like oh, mm-hmm. I, I fucking called it. I have to say this. I have to say this. Alicia Keys took the idea. Well, I'm not saying she got it from here, but she might have. But I happened to think of it right at, right before she released it. So uh, or a couple months before she released it, I said, did I not say that a deluxe commentary album would be dope as hell from an artist? In response to the Tracy Chapman issue. Yes, um, in order to mm-hmm. so, you did say that. where that stemmed from was I thought an idea to be able to protect yourself in case Tracy Chapman won a recent lawsuit where you could be sued if you used a sample, whether it was for profit or not for profit, even before you released it, it like if it was a leak or something. I said, hey, add a commentary track and it could possibly be defended underneath. Um, what was it? Free use or something like that? Something was. Uh, uh, what is it? I want to fair use. Fair use is what it is. So it could be protected underneath fair use and which it means that you're you're using someone's content but you're commentating on it and um i i said you know defend yourself with that and then afterwards it kind of turned into this idea it's like well i think i'll take that idea and i'll make it into a deluxe album because how dope would it be to have like a director's cut of an album that's cool like and, it was cool when you said it but it's cool hearing it again oh. <laughs> i appreciate it and then um a couple months later alicia keys comes out with that same exact thing so what she did was she had the track and then she had the commentary after track commentary track commentary and it was really dope and it was kind of validation for me it's like i do have good ideas so (laughs) i think you know people are always trying to find like ways to get sort of closer or feel closer to you know their favorite artists so Mm -hmm. like that right there is a pretty big power move because i remember like even sometimes watching my favorite movies like you know when you would pop in a dvd how you can like press you know add commentary whatever yeah it's like it's like that but it's a music so you know that that's pretty cool shout out alicia keys i love you you know that (laughs) (laughs) um swiss beats can't beat me i ain't afraid of that nigga let me stop (laughs) wallin (laughs) wallin you didn't see him going up oh my goodness 
I have twenty dollars off on Uber Eats. Apparently, um, I just got oh, a notification. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> but um, you better be careful because he was all on Drake. He was all on Drake on that. <laughs> yeah, let me chill out. I don't want no smoke. <laughs> yeah, but I think we've had. You know, I think we've talked about um, um, our journeys with kind of creating these mixtapes pretty well. You know, well enough for now. Um, we don't want to go on too long because we want we don't want people to fall asleep during the podcast. But if you guys want us to go more in depth and do more episodes like these, please hit us up on Twitter at my name is Huda, for sure, for sure. J Fortuna three hundred five, and uh, let us know, and then we could do specific things like maybe songwriting, how our processes normally go, and stuff like that. And break that down more in depth. But for now, um, we could we could we could also even have you know people like bars and shama you know come on oh, yeah. if you yeah. if you heard the old episodes they've got a lot of insight for artists trying to figure out how to navigate this this world in the business sense and the creative sense yes shout out shama noel and bars the lyricist they're some of the coolest guys i've met within the industry <laughs> that's the little horn thing on the radio <laughs> yes sir so with um they're, they're super dope guys they're super talented um and we, we're going to have them back on the podcast whenever we feel it's right. Yeah, go ahead and check out Shaman Noel and Bars the Lyricist. They're super talented and they're super cool. So let's see. And then the last thing, do you want to go ahead and cover the Logic thing really quick? What happened with Logic? I don't remember. So there was this thing with Logic where he got, he kept getting phone calls. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with Logic, I feel like every day we kind of come closer to figuring out how major label deals work. Every single episode, we talk about something about how major label label deals work because we follow that closely and we know that they're predatory towards a lot of artists. So if you guys want to check out the previous episodes, go ahead and do that. And uh, most of the time, what we talk about them is in the title. Sometimes it's not. So check out the episode anyway. It's a good listen either way. Uh, so with Def Jam, they, they weren't paying some of the artists and some of the producers that work with Logic. And he talks about like he you know you guys have control on my budget and that kind of tells me we had that question before it's like what happens when you sign a major labor deal and why are these artists going broke when they have when they get them so i'm thinking maybe in some cases because of this logic obviously doesn't have control over the money at this point right so what i'm assuming is that he had to go to his label get these expenses pre-approved and then the label is the one who pays out but the label, the issue right now is that Logic is saying that they haven't paid them out for, and Logic's album has been out for quite some time, and it should have been paid beforehand. So, to be honest, yeah. So the thing is, is that I feel as though that in some cases, um, that means that the recording budgets and stuff are all withheld, if it, and if not just, the, if not everything, just the recording budgets are withheld by the label. And that means that you have to go and tell them who you want paid, when you, when you want them paid, and for what. And um, uh, it's unfortunate that he's unable to do that, but that also got me thinking that he's not able to pay the people themselves, but that also got me thinking, what if the other parts of your advances are also withheld and all those chains and stuff have to be pre-approved? Like those cars and those chains. Like, wouldn't that, that's, that just adds another layer to, like, the showmanship of it it's all. Like a, it's like, a, it's a headache, you know? It's like, yeah. It, one, one, one thing, one thing, like, like you said, it's like every week we're hearing about something that's happening that just makes us go like, damn, these labels really scummy. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's crazy. And it's like, 
it's crazy and it and like you know as we're gaining more and more knowledge of it it puts things into perspective because you know you always hear like artists like yay says it sometimes but other artists say it too like they always kind of refer to like that label artist relationship is kind of like you know even going as far as to call it like a slave slave master thing and yeah. i i used to i used to always go like you know i i get you mm. in a sense but that seems kind of like Hyper exaggerated yeah. yeah but then like it, it, it it's funny as i'm you know once again hearing more and more about it i'm i i almost kind of see it you know what yeah. i mean you're agreeing with the sentiment more and more or you're more sympathetic towards it yeah like it's 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 it's, it's frankly crazy in that sense because it's like for example uh on on big sean's uh latest album detroit 2 you know that song with that Lil Wayne is on? Um, I think it's called Human Nature or something like that. I know it, it samples Michael Jackson's song, Human Nature. He's got a song with Lil Wayne. It's called Dawn Life. Yeah. And I don't know who that sample is in it. But there's a, there's a vocal sample of, of some guy. It sounds like he's doing some sort of news thing. But he's basically talking about how, like, you know, black people, like um, African-American artists, especially and especially but not limited to the rap industry they yeah. were saying that like right now this is like the ending skit after big sean and no wayne literally killed the kill the song yeah. but he has an ending skit where he's basically talking about how he says that worldwide like black owned or black produced music i'll say black yeah. produced accounts for about 60 no that's too high i want to say close to half of all of the music sales in the entire world yeah which it was is also Mm-hmm. And he was also saying that in a lot of these places, like hip hop or once again music, you know, originating from black people, even outsells some of these countries' native music. Like, which is yeah. wild when you think about it. Like, people mm-hmm. in these places would rather listen to to these, you know, black artists in that sense than listen to the music that that quote unquote represents their culture that they've grown up with, such and such. Yeah. So basically, he makes that point. He says that, you know, he says those two things. It accounts for almost half of all the music sold and even outsells a lot of countries, a lot of cultures, native music. And then he says, why then is is it that, you know, black folks are only being paid pennies for, yeah. for their contributions musically? And I think that was such a poignant statement because it was like, you know, it, it's obviously asking a, a really important question. But I would even go as far as to say that, you know, if, if black artists are really being paid pennies, despite how much influence they have musically, it's it's because the system's really designed that way, which is, yeah. you know, unfortunate. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, And something I was watching recently had, that had similar themes. There was this the new show Lovecraft Country, and it's an incredible show. And in one of the episodes, I think it's the third, that's the first time they use a modern music. All, all the other stuff was like, you know, old time music, 60s and prior, and for the most part. And then when they get to the modern music, I happen to notice a couple things in the background. And it could, a lot of the stuff obviously is based off of Lovecraft's literature because it could be, so it could be nods to those, but I found like stuff that's in there that I don't know of. But I found it kind of funny that there were a couple shops in Chicago that seemed to be named after rappers and that could be something they're doing in the background. So there was a, a prescription shop in the back that said Drake's prescriptions. 
and then one of the shops that one of the characters wanted to work at was called like um marshall's life and things like marshall life and things which is obviously eminem so like mm. i think i'm gonna look out for that and i think that's pretty cool and maybe we could do like another film uh film and hip-hop podcast where we episode where we talk about that but i just noticed that and i'm gonna follow the show and see if that's a consistent theme or not that's i just thought cool. pretty, yeah it is super cool i don't know I how to do the same the show lovecraft country oh what's it on i'm gonna watch it <laughs> it's on uh, hbo max or hulu and if you have the hbo max expansion pack i said expansion pack like it's a video game <laughs> i'll give it a try for sure yeah it's definitely i'm using a seven day free trial to get through it on hbo max because i'm not paying hbo for something for one show <laughs> but it's it's definitely worth it it's one of my favorite shows now okay okay but yeah, that's really it. That's the last thing I wanted to mention. Did you have anything that you wanted to say? Um, no. I think we we hit what we needed to hit. You know, I think I think we've left our listeners with lots of knowledge and info. Yes, sir. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Once again, we're gonna plug our socials. So you can find me at my name is Huda on Instagram and uh, Twitter. You can also find my website at AntonioAlicea.com. Again, that's A N T O N I O A L I C E A dot com. And you can go ahead and check out Jay Fortuna. Go ahead and tell them where they find you, bro. Yes, sir. Um, Jay Fortuna. 305 um that's me on twitter same thing to um find me on ig as well as soundcloud or go on soundcloud go listen to donda and omi both of those fire tracks you already know people love them yes sir um only thing i'll say for sure you feel me you guys are able to vote please don't play around with that go ahead and vote we need to get agent orange up out of the white house um, even if we get Biden and Kamala in the White House, I'm not even going to cap. We need to watch them like a hawk. But the first step is getting Agent Orange out. That's all I got to say. Wear your mask. I had to beat Tone to it because he always gets to say that. <laughs> Wash your hands and don't be an idiot. I'll say the rest. <laughs> true, sir. True, true. All right. You guys have a great time whenever you're listening to it. Thank you so much for your ears and you take care of them. I guess. I don't know what kind of sign out was that.